0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 110 of the Adult Education Podcast. This week, I'm speaking with author Linda Olkason-McGurk. Thank you so much for checking out my show. I really do appreciate the fact that you take some time out of your day to listen to adult education. The show is all about learning new things or maybe learning a little bit more about some topics you're already familiar with. I like to speak with experts across all fields to learn more about health, education, technology, mental health, and really just about anything. If you'd like to support adult education, the best way to do that really is to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. I love how word of mouth can inspire new people to check out the show. That's really the best way to get new listeners is through recommendations. So please pass this along to your friends if you like it. I used to get so jealous of my friends that went to colleges that still required gym classes. My school did not. I mean, let's get it together, Villanova. Come on, where are the gym classes, the physical education So let's call today's lesson Enjoying the Outdoors 101. I'm speaking with author Linda Ockeson-McGurk. She's a freelance writer who currently lives in Sweden. Most of her writing surrounds being outside and enjoying the world that's outdoors. Her latest book is called The Open Air Life. Discover the Nordic art of friluftsliv and embrace nature every day. I've been practicing some of the words that I need to say in this podcast. I'm still terrible at it. I own that. But I'm trying. I honestly am making an effort. You'll learn more about free loops leave in our conversation, but to put it simply, it's about teaching people how to enjoy and embrace nature and the outdoors. One of the things we talk about in our conversation you're about to listen to is about how free sleeve is an idea that's taught and ingrained in kids and others in Nordic countries. They have all the same technology that we have and they enjoy it, but they also enjoy the world that is right outside their doors. They're not sitting there trapped on their cell phones or watching TV all day long. They really love to be outdoors in good weather and in bad. I'm fascinated by this idea. I love the outdoors and I know the value of enjoying nature, but It's not a message that we preach to each other or to our kids especially. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with Linda Ockeson-McGurk, and I hope you're listening to it while you're outside enjoying some outdoor time. Hi there.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you doing?
1: Good, good. Good. Busy, busy.
0: Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure you are. These days are, uh, I'm sure they're a lot of fun, but I'm sure they're also crazy at the same time.
1: Yes, launch time is a busy time, and today especially with all these interviews scheduled, so it's been back-to-back here all all morning, or it's evening here now, but yeah.
0: yeah, I was going to ask you, where are you today? Are you over in, you're in Sweden, right? Is that?
1: Yes. Yeah, I uh, I live, live in Sweden now after um, uh, living in the U.S. for many years, but moved back here about four years ago.
0: I wasn't sure. I know sometimes during a press event, they'll fly the people in to be here in America to make it a little bit yeah. easier to avoid the time changing uh, right. for all these conversations. But uh, I'm glad to yeah. speak with you. You know, my wife and I have half serious, half not serious, been talking about moving to Sweden um, over really? the last few years. It's We've gotten to the point where we were actually really considering it, but then we got pregnant and having the only oh, yeah. uh, grandchild in the family, we're kind of like, man, our families would kill us if we flew
1: away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. I mean, be, there's something about being closer to family. I mean, I, 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 I know from experience having been living apart from my family for many years. It's, um, it's certainly good to be back uh, closer to my parents, but then my dad up and and, uh, moved to Portugal. So
0: you're like, I moved back home to be closer with you. And now you're just packing up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He retired and decided that uh, the weather was a lot nicer in Portugal. So
0: (laughs) well, I guess you can't really argue with him about that. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do uh, I do love this whole topic and this whole idea of going outside. I gotta say, I, I've always spent a lot of my life outside. I've always tried to be outside yeah. as much, whether it's through athletics when I was younger or I, I love snowboarding mm. in the wintertime and getting out and enjoying yeah. the mountain and the air. But I have to tell you, during the pandemic, I actually kind of mm. became more of a homebody because everybody else went outside. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all my favorite trails, like everything. It was just crowded. crowded. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm a big proponent of expanding access or, you know, creating more, more nature areas, more public parks, more, more urban trails. I think we need more, more of that.
0: I don't disagree with you at all, and that might, we're actually going to jump into this earlier than I thought we would, but there's something that you talk yeah. about over in Sweden, and I want to make sure I word this right, because I wrote it down, uh, right to Rome, and that is such a fascinating yes. idea to me, that we certainly do not have anything like this here in America.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, here in the in the Scandinavian countries, and, and especially in Sweden, we have uh, what we call Allemansretten, which is, you know, yeah, like you said, the, the right to Rome, which means we can access... Both uh, public and private land uh, for outdoor recreation, so we can walk, bike, ride horses, even um, have campfires, um, camp out. You can camp for a couple of nights without asking a landowner for permission, uh, as long as you stay out of the immediate, you know, uh, view, field of view. Like you can't set up a tent in somebody's backyard, obviously. That wouldn't be very popular um but yeah like in, in the natural areas or countryside um definitely we have uh, we're spoiled that way and i didn't realize what a unique uh right this is until i moved to the u.s and i i realized that you know i came across all these sort of no trespassing signs and and uh, barbed wire and and uh, in Sweden it's even illegal to put those signs up um, you, you can't do that you can't keep people out of your property um, and obviously you know it comes with a lot of responsibilities too not to damage or destroy anything um, whether it's private or public land you know so there's a special ethos to that tradition and it sort of um, some aspects of it go go back to uh medieval times, mm-hmm. so we're talking a long long standing uh, tradition of everybody sort of uh having access to to natural areas and and uh the sort of notion that nature belongs to all of us,
0: yeah, you know it's interesting. I was thinking a lot about this and you know, could this be something that we could pull off in America? And I mean, I know, you know, you have to remove capitalism, which will never happen here in America. That'd be the first step. But I also just don't yeah. know, and I hate to say this about people, I don't know if people are respectful enough to other people's property. I know I have a friends that live in Colorado and there's much more Mm. nature there, much more, you know, hiking trails, a lot of places you can go. And they say one of the biggest problems is people just don't respect what they have and they kind of leave trash around or whatever. I just think that's, that's another major problem because I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that would say, Hey, come on in. Like you want, you're traveling through, camp on our yard. You're fine. No big deal. But people won't clean up after themselves. Now you don't want to be the landowner having to pick all that stuff up.
1: (laughs) No, that's the sad part. And yeah. that's why I believe, you know, that this um, these rights have to be coupled with education as well. And here in the Nordic countries, we get all that through preschool. So pre-Free Freelufslev or Open Air Life, which I write about in my book, um, it's uh, it's actually a part of the national curriculum for the preschool. So this is not something that we just... Uh, start as adults. It's something that's integrated as an integral part of children's lives as well. So when you learn from a young age, uh, you know you, you see preschool kids out there picking up trash and learning about um, nature and taking care of nature in a playful way. And a lot of it is taught through uh, you know, just through self-discovery or like using magical characters. And we have like this forest troll. Mm-hmm that um that helps introduce children to a- environmental stewardship and i think that's uh, really important too because then uh, you know you you get it from the get go um and and then of course there's always going to be people who uh <laughs> who are who are not uh respectful uh you know you see it here too but maybe less maybe less so um there's no unfortunately no no getting away from it, but I, I still believe that the more access people have and the more exposure and the more important it is in your day-to-day life, then uh, the more likely you are to, to you know behave as well. Because if you're out there walking around every day, you're likely not going to like to see the place trashed, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, you want to take pride in what you have out there. I've been practicing yeah. the word so hard, free-loof-sleeve. Am I That's close? really good. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yes, you did really well there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you, you don't have to pander to me, but I've been trying so hard to make sure that I got it. But the the book is called oh, no. The Open Air Life. Discover the Nordic art yeah. of free sleeve and embrace nature every day. And I love what you talk about with kids and how in Sweden and the Nordic countries they start early, making sure the kids understand it. And there's just a different philosophy with children there and learning as well. Like my wife is a mm. teacher here, she teaches middle school, but she'll say all the time, you know, the way that we work with younger kids. You can't expect a four or a five year old to want to sit behind a desk for hours. No. That's just not who they are. Play is so integral, and being outside and just letting your mind roam and understand what's yeah. going on around you is so important. And we really stunt that here in America.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I write a lot about that in my first book. There's no such thing as bad weather. That uh, here in the Nordic countries, until age six or so, when when kids here start what would be the equivalent of kindergarten. Um, There are really no expectations on academic learning uh, or academic like for kids to to train to to learn how to read and and do math and things like that. Um, There's still a lot of learning going on, but it's all done in an organic way and it's all sort of, you know, through play. So, for example, you know, there's no letter tracing or anything like that. Uh, with kids sitting at desks you know the the kids are uh, playing or doing guided activities but a lot of it is outside and of course you have forest schools where kids are outside uh, pretty much all day Um, and uh, it's it's much more sort of child directed and with the teachers being more like co-discoverers and uh Uh, You know, I, I really think that there's something to that, that to keep that part of childhood sacred because they, the kids are under so much pressure these days and, and the research, frankly, doesn't even support this pressure of academic learning early on. There's just no reason to force developmentally inappropriate milestones on kids when they if you just wait, give them more time, they learn a lot quicker later on when their brains are uh, more receptive and, and, you know, more developed to to do all that. When they're little, they, they need to play. And there's just, frankly, so many benefits of outdoor play, too, that will help them uh, as they get into the more academic, um, you know, s- settings later.
0: What I also appreciate is that as a culture, uh, you know, Sweden, Norway, the, the Nordic areas, they really emphasize being outdoors as a culture. Whereas, you know, as, mm. as society has changed, as technology has changed, you know, say here in America, we've gone much more digital. We do a lot more on our computers. We sit at desks a lot more. And that stuff still happens where you are in Sweden. Mm but there's still an emphasis to make sure you do get outside and you enjoy that and you have an appreciation for the world. I was just interviewing somebody and he's probably in his early to mid thirties, I'd say about 34. And he was telling me about his life as a child. He was like, you know, what's funny is I'm probably the last generation that grew up playing outside. And I thought to myself, I don't think he's wrong, which is kind of sad. Like it's sad that kids don't have the same pressure or emphasis to be outside and enjoy that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had, I don't know how many Americans have told me that. Uh, because they a lot of people feel like something has been lost there. And um, you know, as far as technology goes, we're sort of at the forefront of that here in in the Scandinavian countries too. We and we are early adopters when it comes to technology. We're very much, uh, you know, our kids have all the video games and the apps and, and all that, just like American kids do. Uh, But I think, and and I think that makes it even more important to have free le Sleeve as um, a counterweight to that. Um, And, uh, you know, because even if you, uh, if your kids are, on their devices, uh, as long as they get outside as well, you know. I think most people here don't have a problem with the gaming, and uh, they can even see benefits of kids being able to connect uh, in more ways and more, opp- you know, more opportunities to to connect with each other than we had when we were kids, you know. But they still need; they still very much have that need for physical activity uh, to meet up face to face. Um, and to have, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just have all those benefits of being outside. And that's what Fleepless Leave does. It puts it in a in a context. And, and um, for a lot of families, it's just a common way of hanging out. You'll meet up with friends to go for a walk. You'll, uh, maybe you'll cook, uh, cook a meal outside or, uh, yeah, just uh, go swimming together. And so, and it becomes then it becomes uh, just part of the daily rhythm, and uh, also a way for the kids to to hang out and get socialized into it, and, and learning uh, you know important skills in the process, like making fire and and dressing for the weather, um, sleeping outside, and and things like that. So so I think that socialization part is really important that you know adults sort of show the way and uh, and a lot of times you might have three generations out there um, on the hiking trail and it's one of my favorite ways of hanging out with people.
0: I think it's important to note too what you just were talking about, and that free loose leave can be multiple things. It doesn't have to be this idea where I'm going to sell my house and go live off the land and be outside. <laughs> you just it could no. be cooking dinner outside with your family. It could be going for a nice long walk. It's just about really yeah. getting outdoors and enjoying that and, and understanding mm. where you are.
1: Yes, exactly. Connecting with your local community and and doing it in a way that that works for you. Uh, not everybody lives. In an area where you know next, or I would say, very few people live uh, in a place where they can easily access the wilderness. I mean, we have huge wilderness areas out west in the U.S., but most people don't live there. That's why they're (laughs) called wilderness, right? Um, So, if you're in a city, you know, definitely utilize those park spaces and and even other little, uh, you know, maybe it's just the the woods uh, at the end of the street or uh, you know the the creek uh, down, you know, uh, behind your house or you know, finding those little places where where kids can can uh, roam and uh, and just connect with nature. If you have a backyard, that's a great place to to start you know practicing fear and you, you don't have to be an expert. you can learn as you go along. I've learned a lot of skills uh, in my adult life. I'd say I'm more far more, into this than my parents were. And, uh and my grandparents, even though they socialized me into it, but then I've kind of taken it a step further with, you know, cold swimming and winter camping and, uh you know, learning different survival skills and things like that. But you don't have to do all that to, to enjoy freedom sleep. It's just, you decide which level you want to be at. And, and um it is about challenging challenging yourself, but There's no uh, set goal for everybody. You know, you can decide that for yourself.
0: Yeah, in the book you kind of mentioned, there's like sort of three different types, if you will. There's everyday, weekend, or vacation. So you can kind of, Mm. you know, base everything around what you're really going to be able to accomplish.
1: Right. So the everyday freedom of is, you know, the stuff that you can easily do on a daily basis. And, And for a lot of people, that is just a walk around the neighborhood, uh, or hanging in the backyard, or something like that, um, something that's uh, nearby. And then on the weekend, maybe you can go to a state park or some someplace uh, a little more wild, um, or do a, a cookout or a sleep a sleepover somewhere that takes a little more effort and planning. And then maybe once or twice a year, if you can get to like a wilder space, then that's going to be really restorative and uh, just a way of, of trying out different skills, you know, where you can camp out maybe for for several days. Um, I think that's really can be really beneficial, and also then you can get to those places that are a little more out of the way, but can be really awe inspiring, like you know the mountains or uh, yeah, those like really scenic scenic places. So there's just different levels of sleep.
0: We talked a little bit about uh, some of the benefits already just kind Mm -hmm. of through this conversation, benefits of Mm -hmm. free loose leaves and being outside. Uh, But talk a little bit more about some of the things that can come from that, like the mental health aspect. I mean, physical health seems kind of obvious if you're going for long walks, you're going for hikes, you're getting your body moving. You've got a little bit of that going on. But I don't know if people really understand Mm -hmm. how much it can benefit our mental health as well just to be outdoors and in that space.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does. Uh, we, We automatically like our bodies and minds relax when we're outside and there are several different theories behind that. Um, but you know, it really makes sense when you think about it, we've evolved in nature for millennia. Um, and our bodies haven't really changed that much since, uh, you know, since we lived in caves and, um, but our, our societies have changed and we now live in, um, places that are essentially bad for our health stressful. stressful. Um, there's a lot of noise and uh, just crowds and traffic, things that make us stressed, like that stress our systems and trigger like immune uh, responses in, uh, in our bodies. And uh, when we go outside, what happens is, according to one theory, the biophilia theory is that when we see these green spaces and blue spaces, then... Um, It's comforting to us because they have given us so much in the past. Like our ancestors have been uh, have dependent have been dependent on green spaces for obviously for food and and blue spaces water for uh, for survival. And so, really, it makes a lot of sense that we gravitate towards nature. Um, And also, uh, there are other theories about uh, restoration and, and why we relax and our our cortisol levels go down, our blood pressure. I mean, these are all measurable effects that, that have, that research have sort of, um, uncovered. And, um, you know, when we, when we're at work, we're sitting at our computers and we're working on these complicated problems, or we're sitting in busy traffic that, that all triggers, you know, that, that requires a lot of focus and, um, uh, you know, concentration. But when we're in, in nature, we, we're able to just let go of that. And it, around us, you know, we're we're surrounded by uh, like soft fascination uh, in nature. Uh, we can just, you know, look at the water, watch it, you know, watch the waves roll in, and uh, it sort of triggers this soft fascination that helps us uh, relax. So I think there are a lot of contributing factors, but at the root of it all is the fact that we are a part of nature. So it's really just that we've built these um, we, we, we've built uh, societies that aren't really healthy to us.' They're, they're not in line with um, you know with our evolutionary past. And so so that's why we need to return to nature to to get that effect, that relaxing effect.
0: I think most people here in America would say during the spring and the summer, they spend some good time outdoors, whether it's going to a lake or a beach or whatever. But when it comes to wintertime, we love to complain about it. We love to hibernate. We love to stay in our houses. And, you know, there's a big thing that I've been hearing a lot more of recently, um, seasonal affective disorder, SAD. Mm -hmm. And you hear about that here in America. I don't feel like you get the same press about it for other places And I'm assuming part of that is because you're so open to the idea of still enjoying the wintertime. Look, it might not be great to be outside when it's 20 degrees, but you're still out there. You're enjoying it. You find things (laughs) to do that make it fun for you.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we've just made a virtue out of necessity here. Uh, It is so cold and dark and rainy uh, here for so many months of the year. Uh, But people still feel like it's worth going outside because they can still feel the the you know the fresh air the, the the benefits of it all to be uh to be outside and and i tell people you know that i struggle sometimes too to get outside when it's <laughs> when i can hear the rain pounding on the the window before i go yeah it's not exactly like i'm jumping with joy but <laughs> the thought of going outside, but I still do it because I know, I know uh, on an intellectual level that I'm going to feel better afterwards. So, uh, so, you know, I just, we do it anyway. So we even have that saying, you know, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. And uh, we've just developed a way of dressing for the weather and uh, heading outside anyway. And it's expected um, from everybody, like events don't get canceled because, because the weather is bad, um I I um I remember once and when I lived in Indiana, like Halloween was rescheduled because there was a chance of rain and uh, and I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, are you, is this for real? We're like moving Halloween, <laughs> but um uh, we, yeah, we we tend to just roll with it here. It's like uh, rain or shine this this um this event is on. Um, you know, to, to a certain point, of course, we don't, you know, there's, there's hazardous weather, uh, of course, uh, we don't go out during those times, but, um, you know, a lot of the times, uh, I feel like the, the beauty lies in the contrast. You go outside to really feel uh, and appreciate the warmth and comfort of home. Um, you feel so much better when you come inside and you appreciate that you have that cozy, cozy, warm home, um, to get back inside too. And, um, yeah, that's, that's part of my motivation anyway. And I feel, I, I, I definitely feel, you know, you still, you get that boost of creativity and, um, just, uh, you know, if your focus improves when you're outside. I mean, there's research, uh, on that as well to, to show that we, we become uh, better thinkers after spending some time outside. And better, we become better at solving problems, and and I often feel that in my you know in my work life as well. When I get stuck on a problem or anything, I I, I go for a walk, and that's how I usually um, yeah solve a lot of things in my head.
0: One of my favorite things about going outside right now, I have a a nearly two-year-old daughter, and if I take her outside for a nice long walk, she sleeps a whole lot better at night.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know.
0: I was like, man, we're yeah. going to have a good night tonight. We had an hour walk. We're great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Where's them out? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly.
0: I grew up yeah. in New Hampshire. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think I'm kind of similar. I, I think you take advantage of it a lot more than I do, but I do think we're kind of similar in our understanding of, of being outside. Like I think about winters growing up. If we spent all winter inside in New Hampshire, you know, that's four or five months out of the year that we lose, you know, that we're just yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. So you kind of learn right. to adapt and you learn to understand if I want to be outside, outside, I'm just going to have to go with this, you know, put an extra jacket on, throw an extra sweatshirt on, whatever it is, and go out there and enjoy life.
1: Right. And the thing is, too, it helps you get to know your local nature. Um, I mean, I use the example of uh, our local lake in in the book uh, that just by being outside in the winter and observing the lake and how it freezes, um, you know, that helps me stay safe as I go ice skating on the lake. I learn where the treacherous spots are, I know which uh, spots uh, you know uh, are the last ones to freeze in the in the uh, w- when winter falls, and uh, also which ones thaws, um, you know, when when spring comes, when the ones that thaws uh, first. And um, so, I think it's important that we that we experience nature during all the seasons to uh, just to, to see what it's like and to get a, a closer connection with nature because that's what it's all about, you know, nurturing that connection.
0: So I love in the book too, about how you, you talk about all sorts of different practical skills for people to use when they're going out there, you know, if, if you're a novice or if you've been going outdoors all the time, there's still a lot you can learn from this, you know, things from making fires to cleaning water and what plants we can and cannot eat out there, yeah, which, is, which yeah. is always the question, right. Can I eat that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. Yep. Never eat anything. You're not a hundred percent sure that you can identify is one of my uh, tips <laughs> in the book, but uh, yeah, there's really, it adds another dimension to, to outdoor life when you can, I think, when you can uh, experience nature using all your senses. And taste is, of course, you know, one of those senses. And um, I I started doing a lot of foraging just, uh, just a few years ago and now in my 40s. So it's never too late to start adding um, these skills. Um, I've never really set out to just rigor, rigorously learn how to do certain things. I've just kind of followed my interests and, uh, seeing what, where it takes me. And, um, a, a lot of times it helps to have somebody else to learn from, um, this, like we were talking about, you know, you, you socialize into freelance leaves. I, I had a friend show me, um, how to identify, uh, certain mushrooms. So I knew then that, it, you know, okay she's eaten these mushrooms. Uh, she's still alive. <laughs> so, um, so that's fine. You know, oh yeah, I can pick these. And um, yeah, it, it just helps you feel safer out there too. I, I think part of the problem today is a lot of people um, haven't grown up uh, spending a lot of time outdoors. So they are alienated from nature and that in turn makes you feel uh unsafe or or, you know feel fear when you're outside. Um and uh you know the only way of getting over that is to be out there and and learning how to handle different things like ticks and Mm -hmm. poison ivy. I mean I'm not gonna pretend that there's no risk of being outside. There's certainly risks. Um, But y'all as long as you learn how to manage them, um, then I don't think they should stop you from from going outside.
0: The book is also the most beautiful book I've ever seen from the design, oh, like uh, the illustrations in it, just the, even the color yeah. of the font, uh, not the font, the the typing, the print. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is just so well put together. I, I don't know how much of a hand you had in the design and everything, but it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, a, f- a friend of mine did the illustrations and uh, the cover just came out uh, amazing. I I love it. Even even the spine of it is yeah. just beautiful. When it when you put it in the bookshelf, it's like yeah, it's so inviting. I, I love it. It perfectly sums up what the whole spirit of free loose sleeve and and uh, the open air life. Mm-hmm.
0: I love it. Well, the book is called "The Open Air Life: oh, Discover the Nordic Art of Free loof Sleeve and Embrace Nature Every Day." Uh, Linda McGurk, thank you so much for your time. Where can people go if they want to find out more about you? I know you're really active on social media too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I do have a blog rainershinemama.com and that's that's rainershinemama.com with two m's. And uh, I have a newsletter that I um, uh, that people can sign up for, and they can also find me primarily on Facebook and Instagram under that handle, uh, Rain or Shine Mama.
0: Linda, yes. it's really <laughs> been a pleasure. I love this book. I-, I love the message you're trying to get out there to people. And I-, I have to check out your previous book too. I didn't know about that one until doing some research yeah. about this. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out as well. But thank you for everything. And I appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Big thank you to Linda Olkason-McGurk. The book, The Open Air Life, Discover the Nordic Art of Sleeve and Embrace Nature Every Day is available now. And thank you all for listening to this episode and all the episodes, frankly. I so appreciate you. Next week, I'm going to have a little 2022 recap for you as we wrap up the year. Looking forward to hopefully another big year next year.